In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. This morning I want to start by saying thank you. Thanks to all of you for being so generous with your time and your money and your skills, and especially with your encouragement and your joy as we prepare to move next door into a new space, into new classrooms and new meeting rooms and new offices, but especially into a new sanctuary. We plan to move our offices there in March. We plan to move our liturgy there in April. Thanks to you, last week I had an unbelievably great week. Last week I got to spend time with the stone supplier and the blacksmith and the mill worker. I got to check on paint colors and door handles and library tables and appliances on coffee makers and carpet samples and colors, on mirrors and acolyte robes, and even the things for the new sacristy. It was fantastic and it was fun, especially because it felt like progress. But at this point, it's always important to pause and ask why all that stuff is important. It's simple, really, and it is in the gospel for today. It is important because when we get done and we move next door, people will see it. When you walk through the front doors, you will see a magnificent foyer filled with your friends and sofas and chairs and tables and a warm cup of coffee. Turn left and you will see a magnificent set of wooden doors that promise something spectacular on the other side. Walk in and look down. You will see stone taken from a quarry in Jerusalem. I will leave it to you to figure out whether Jesus Christ himself ever walked on that stone. Look up and you will see an enormous bronze baptismal font. The water will be alive, moving and bubbling and spilling silently over the side. The water in that font will be, as the scriptures say, troubled, like the water of the pool at Bethesda, where Jesus did his healing. When your kids come in, go ahead and let them see it, and even touch and play in the water just a little bit. The church can't have too many happy kids, and it will remind them how Jesus raised them and save them too at their baptism. Look up and you will see the pews. You will see a gentle curve that will pull all of you together, and then a bit later in the liturgy, pull all of you together to the altar. When you kneel down, look up. Above you, you will see a spectacular Jesus, seven feet by seven feet. You will see in that Jesus exactly what you are getting at the altar, at the Holy Supper, from the chalice and the paten. You will see a Jesus nailed to a cross, reminding you that the very same Jesus who once took your flesh and blood so he could die to save you has now returned to give you that flesh and blood in a way that will forgive and heal you. 
It will draw you into his divine life, and it will make you a church, all for free and all as gift. As you leave the altar, look up. Go back to your place, but be sure to look around. See your friends and your family. See your congregation. See your community. And when you see that, see possibility. See all of this as the beginning of good things to come for years and years. Once we move in, I'm sure we will discover that we've missed something. That somewhere along the way, we've missed a detail. But I think you take the point. I can assure you that we've tried to pay attention to every last detail of every last thing that you will see. Why is that? It's there in the Gospel. In the new place, we have emphasized all the things that you will see. Color and furnishings and vestments, altar and pulpit and font, doors and floor and ceiling and lights and pews and columns and chairs and all the rest. We have emphasized all the things that you will see because today in the Gospel, in verse 16 and verse 19, Jesus says that seeing is teaching. It works like this. In verse 14, Jesus says, if you are a Christian, then you are a light. It is as simple as that. If you are a Christian, then you are a light. We've always said that too. It's there in our small catechism, the third article. Jesus makes a Christian out of you by sending you his Holy Spirit who calls you, gathers you, and enlightens you. He illumines you. He illuminates you. He makes you a light that other people then see. Once Jesus lights you up, folks see you. You cannot escape it. And they see you for better or for worse. For better is in verse 16. Folks see your good works and they learn to praise God. For worse is in verse 19. Folks see less than your best. Folks see that you didn't do all you could have done. Folks see that you, the Greek word there is, have relaxed all the Lord has given you to do and let it drop out of your hands. They see less than your best, and then they learn that that's okay. They learn to neglect God. It's just how it works. When Jesus light, enlightens you, when he lights you up, it's like setting you on a hill. It's like a city in the ancient world that sat high on a hill. To understand that, you need to know that in the ancient world, people hated to travel in the darkness. The darkness was dangerous. There were, of course, no lights, no street lamps. And so when you traveled in the darkness, you were on your own. You were an easy mark for robbers. It was easy to get lost. And if something went wrong, it was very difficult for help to find you. But when you saw the light of a city set on a hill, it meant food and shelter and safety and comfort and hope. The light of a city set on a hill meant community. It meant congregation. It meant folks were there and they were ready to do their best. There was the promise of good things to come. 
and it was for you. There was the promise of one more good day. Light meant life. So by lighting you up, each and every one of you, Jesus is using you in exactly the same way. He lights you up so people will see you. And when they see you, they will see how you live in faith, in love, in joy, in purity, in honesty, without betrayal, in beauty, in community, in hope. And they will learn that from you when they see you. They will learn that all of this is a gift of God. You could not have done it on your own. Verse 16 says, they praise God for the gifts he gives, that he gives to you and that he gives to everybody else. So here's the point. Seeing really is teaching. Long ago, far away, at the annual meeting of the Institute of Liturgical Studies at Valparaiso, I gave a short paper that was entitled, Everything Matters because everything teaches. I still believe that. Everything matters because every last thing teaches. Everything matters. Doorknobs and paint colors and Jerusalem stone, coffee pots and desk chairs and vestments from Rome, bulletins and windows and curved pews and lights and icons and a pipe organ. Everything matters because every last thing teaches. Everything matters because people see every last thing and they draw their conclusions about God by what they see. Seeing is teaching. And so this morning in the gospel, the choice is yours. It's right there before you in verse 16 and verse 19. Verse 16, do your best, your absolute best, and you teach folks well, and they will praise God. And verse 19, do anything less than your best. Neglect the fine points. Give up the details. Just get by. And folks will learn poorly. And Jesus says they will barely get into heaven. That, you see, is why the stuff in the new space matters. It's not just a space. The stuff in the new space actually matters because it teaches. That's why it's so important to do a good job with all the things as we move into our new space. It's also a very good reason for you all to come out on Mondays and Wednesdays and Saturdays and bring your best to make sure we get it right, that every detail is finished. But more important than stuff is all of you. You all matter because every day of your life, every minute, you all teach. You matter because, as Jesus says in this gospel, Jesus not only chose to save you, but to use you, to light you up, to hold you up, to show you off as his best work. And all you've got, and all you've got to give, and all you do, and all you love, and all you can create, your whole life is meant to be a beacon to those who don't know Christ. Your whole life is meant to be a light that draws others into his kingdom. Your whole life is meant to teach others and praise God. More important than the stuff, and more important than any of you, is Jesus himself, who takes stuff 
who takes your flesh and blood so he can be nailed to a cross. He takes stuff so that when you come to that cross and you come to that altar and you kneel down, he actually has something physical and tangible to give you. He gives you his body and he gives you his blood and he forgives your sins and he heals your wounds and he makes you whole and he pulls you together as a church. That's why Jesus lights you up like a city on a hill. So when they look at you, they see his good works. In this case, in a new place, in a new space, full of promise and hope and life. And that, you see, is when we are most faithful in executing the Great Commission, which is what we are all aiming at, to teach everything to everybody everywhere. That's what Jesus asks us to do, to hold up all the good gifts that Jesus has given us and that he has given us to see, especially his body and especially his blood, so that we all learn to praise God now and someday we and all our family and friends are together with him in paradise. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.